This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I'm Louisa Barton, co-hosting with me today, Suzanne Pierce from DAC Vitamins and Minerals. And joining us now, we have Dr. Travis Miller. Good morning, Dr. Miller. Do we have Dr. Miller? Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you for being with us. We're going to talk a little bit about West Nile virus this morning. Uh, first of all, let's talk about signs and symptoms, Dr. Miller. Well, many horses exposed to West Nile virus for the first time won't actually display any clinical signs at all. But when clinical signs do occur, those most commonly seen include ataxia, most commonly of the hind limbs, but the forelimbs may be as affected as well. Uh, other signs seen most commonly include twitching of the muscles of the face and neck, and changes in behavior and mentation have also been reported. So when you're, you first see some of these symptoms, they're quite distinctive. The first thing is to call the veterinarian. Uh, when you arrive, how do you diagnose this? Well, diagnosis is a little challenging based specifically off clinical signs because it can mimic other diseases which also affect the nervous system. But based on your history and the area you're in, exposure to mosquitoes, it may be high on your radar. So your next step would be to take a blood sample to submit for antibody testing. Okay. Now, the, the main carrier is the mosquito, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Uh, actually, birds are the primary carrier and mosquitoes serve as the primary vector. Okay, so they're the vector and the bird. A particular bird? Uh, crows are commonly a common carrier of the disease. So we see this obviously in southern states because we have so many mosquitoes. Is it pretty prevalent in other parts as well of the United States? It's seen throughout the United States, but as you said, here in the South where it's hot and rainy, which is ideal for breeding populations of mosquitoes, that's where you'll have the disease most commonly. Do you see quite a lot of cases? Uh, actually, since I've been out, I've only been out of school a few months. I haven't seen any cases personally, but it, ha it is pretty common in certain areas. Now, as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as treatment goes, um, what kind of treatment protocol do you have and how effective is it? Well, there's no specific antiviral treatment for West Nile specifically, so early detection is important so that you can implement supportive measures. Uh, the main thing you want to do is control inflammation within the CNS. That's uh, the key component of management. Uh, in some cases, if the horses are really neurologic, IV fluids and nutrition may also be necessary. So there is inflammation of the brain and the spinal cord, is that right? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. Okay, now what about, do you see this in any other animals or in people? Yes, ma'am, it's uh, actually, it's capable to affect a variety of mammalian and reptile species, but clinical disease is most commonly seen in birds, horses, and humans. Now, I have a question for you, um, because lately there just seems to be an outbreak of so many different diseases like 
EEE. We've had a lot of rains. I mean, we've had, and I know we've had a lot of rains, so we've had a lot of mosquitoes, obviously. Um, and I can understand because of all the rain and the mosquitoes, and we vaccinate our horses and, and trying to determine um, are, are there a lot of the symptoms that are the same? And even though we vaccinate, there's still not, that's not 100%, correct? Yes, ma'am, that is correct. As I said earlier, the clinical signs can be very similar between all of those diseases you just mentioned. Uh, vaccination is very important. It's one of the core annual vaccines. Uh, in areas where the virus is active, it is recommended that the vaccine be given as often as every four months, as opposed to the annual vaccine, which is commonly given. Okay, that's true. That's when I live down south, Florida, <clears throat> I actually vaccinated for it three times a year because they said, you know, closer to swampier areas, right. and, oh, it was better, wiser to do it more often. But I know here most people do it at least twice a year. Yeah. Um, just because of that concern, you know, coming into the into the summertime. So, and obviously, if you've never given it, then you have to do a, a initial and a booster. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Uh, ideally, two doses should be administered three to six weeks apart. Now, about how long, and I'm sure it varies from horse to horse, but if you control the inflammation, and the, usually about how long before the horse feels better? Uh, it's, it's pretty variable. I guess it would be a case-by-case -case basis. I can't give you an exact time period. Uh, it all depends on early detection and at what stage do you catch it and implement your supportive management. So are you running um, to keep the inflammation down to the brain, are you running it with saline and um, saline fluids with DMSO? Uh, there's a variety of anti-inflammatories that can be used, uh, banamine, steroids, uh, DMSO, any, okay. any anti-inflammatories. There's a variety of different ones that have been implemented. So very important, obviously, to be well informed, to know what symptoms to look out to look for, for and to get the veterinarian there. Do you normally recommend that a, a horse owner gives banamine before you arrive if they think that that's what's going on? It's probably best that you alert your veterinarian as soon as you suspect something is going on and get him out as soon Fast as possible. possible. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what about around the farm tips um, for horse owners, things that they can do to help reduce the mosquito population? Well, it's important to limit exposures, and different ways of doing this include decreasing any potential breeding sites. So you should make as many attempts as possible to decrease any areas of standing water. Uh, fans and stalls may limit exposure. Insect repellents, some people even use the cow tags and hang those on halters. And, uh, but the most important thing is probably decreasing the amount of standing water around the farm, which is ideal breeding sites for mosquitoes. Absolutely, yeah. Dumping out any water that's not drinking water that's sitting around. A lot of times you don't even, you pass things every day, you don't even notice that they're storing water and uh, anything a mosquito can use uh, as a breeding area you want to get rid of for sure. And as you mentioned, a good fly spray. 
keeping the mosquitoes off your property as much as you possibly can is is really key. Um, to and, and standing water, people don't even think about things like clogged roof gutters, um, you know, wading pools, a, ba a wheelbarrow that might not be right. tipped yeah. up, you know, things like that are just worth not giving them a hatching area. Um, so the prognosis is fairly good then, Dr. Miller, for a horse with this as long as it's caught very quickly and you get the veterinarian out? Yes, ma'am. Early detection is the only way to improve your prognosis. Uh, it can carry a mortality rate up to 40%, and of those affected, only about 40% of those horses will display residual neurologic signs, but others will recover completely. That's really good news. So it's all about getting the vet out there as fast as possible. Dr. Travis Miller, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital at 352-237-6151. Thanks again, Dr. Miller. Have a lovely holiday weekend. Thank you for having me. You do the same. Thank you. Look forward to having you back again. Thank you. That's uh, really frequently the thing that we hear, it is not hesitating on calling the veterinarian, you know, yeah. not, not trying to be your own vet, get someone and, out there. Well, I think because it, sympt the symptoms are a lot, there's so many, especially with neurological stuff, their symptoms are very so, sim similar. similar to so many different diseases. And I mean, I know that I've been seeing so many outbreaks of, you know, not just here in Florida, but in other places. Um, it's just amazing this year, and I don't know if it's because we've had so much rain and all the mosquitoes because, you know, they carry a lot of diseases and people don't understand. I know, understand. what are mosquitoes for? Why do we have mosquitoes? Can someone <laughs> to tell aggravate me why us? we have mosquitoes? They bite us, they aggravate us. I want to know who invented mosquitoes and why. I don't know. <laughs> there is no reason for them. They serve no purpose whatsoever except to bite and carry disease. Yeah. Well, I think other bugs, I mean, other animals eat off of them. So I don't Can't know. Can they eat something else? I don't know. I think they should eat something else, personally. But yeah, so, so the really important thing, of course, is call the veterinarian. Obviously, if you're really concerned, um, banamine is an anti-inflammatory, so it can't be bad. And if the vet can't get to you for some time, they may recommend uh, you know, going, to, going ahead and giving the banamine while you're waiting, because right. we know that that works well for whatever's going on. Usually, banamine is a go-to for colic. Uh, West Nile encephalitis, I don't think there's, there's you know, very, well, very few for, cases of right. things that it, it would be bad, but certainly talk to the veterinarian on the phone first, and if he says you can go ahead and give the banamine, then give that as the anti-inflammatory. And so usually that, that's the first thing that they do tell you to do because it's going to take them a little bit to get to you. Yes. And plus, it's used in so many different ways, and if you don't know exactly what your horse is suffering from, that would probably be the safest. Yes, it would. And the phone call is very important. So you can, uh, and one thing I would say about Peterson and Smith, when you have an emergency, they are on, someone's on call and they are there. So they're fast. So uh, obviously if they're not dealing with another emergency ahead of you, they're gonna be there in, in uh, you know, a short time as possible. So I think that's really important. Hi guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast.